shit that scares us. A podcast about scary stuff. Ah. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome to the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, what? <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm um, so yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Um, how are you? Uh, you know what? Uh, living life. Just living my best life inside. Living, living the best life. I'm I'm loving level three. I've already had like a shit ton of uh, takeaways, and my stomach is like, "What is this? What have you done?" Yeah, it's <laughs> I. I'm I'm so excited that we're back to having like a stores open to buy a sink, like a nice coffee from. To be completely honest, mm. it, it's God, just so satisfying. Um, for those of you who don't know, we're in New Zealand. We are currently in a lockdown because uh, of this weird thing called COVID-19. Like, I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's been kind of pesky for the last couple of years. And we're in level three, which means we can sort of go buy fast food. <laughs> which, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Small businesses and, and fast food. Basically fast food. <laughs> yeah. That's what we care about anyway. Who mm. cares about the infrastructure of New Zealand when you can get a coffee? Um, exactly but go us we're we're both uh fully vaccinated we're who taking charge oh hell yeah taking names you got yours today you got yours today i yeah i got my second one today um my arm is a little bit sore but that's like normal um Mm -hmm. but yeah otherwise i'm feeling pretty good i'm gonna go treat myself to some snacks later and uh watch some tv it's gonna be fucking sick hell yeah we love <laughs> we we love the vax um give yeah. me still those... waiting for that 5g to kick in though. fuck mine's real fast but <laughs> it's so fast how do you think we're streaming this podcast live i mean what we're is not. it eating into your data <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy i've been having like these um crazy dreams where i communicate with like the uh, satellites and therefore the aliens in space um oh my god got, i love it got that long distance <laughs> range now uh yeah so we're speaking of satellites there's no tie-in or segue for this but today we are doing an episode on witches as we begin our descent into october um the spooky season the spooky season my favorite season it's vix uh blood and sweat and tears (laughs) yeah yeah sorry so everyone fuck christmas but halloween is my shit like i will i will i might live to own a house and decorate it to I so I can scare like all the small children when it comes to Halloween like yeah. just, I'm that bitch just great neighborly things you know <laughs> <laughs> um so we decided we would do an episode on witches today we've kind of taken a multi-layered approach uh we've got historical documents we've got uh stories like uh myths not myths legends we've got um lots of stuff and we are going to go one for one sort of, but you'll see these stories sort of blend into each other. Um, and basically they're going to, it's going to teach you everything in the world that there is to know. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. It's going to be educational and we're going to get witchy with it. Yeah. So get your uh, frog, your toad, suckle the toad. <laughs> and Park your broom and get ready. <laughs> get ready. Um, okay. So I'm going to start us off today and I'm really excited to talk about um some really fun historical texts so it sounds shitty but i know <laughs> i'm not gonna say that because people will be like boring um okay so i'm gonna start next <laughs> next <laughs> i am gonna start us off today so uh, get ready um so obviously you know what a witch is what a, you know what a witch is what are you doing here no in popular culture i mean generally the witch is sort of portrayed as the crone right i mean that's how we unless you're uh from watching the movie um What's the movie where the kids turn into the cat? 
The brother? Oh, is it? Hocus Pocus. Jesus. Oh, um, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, yeah. Hocus Pocus. Unless yeah. you watch that in which, um, uh, what's her name? Sarah? Jessica Parker. Why? Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker is incredibly attractive and doesn't really. She's so freaking hot. Yeah. Like, oh my she God. really doesn't fit the molds of the crone in that film. But, you know, that being said, yeah. generally we associate the witch as like the crone who lives on the outskirts of society, who sort of like mutters curses at you or your your cows or your sheep or your children or your husband. Um, and she might have like a cauldron or a broomstick or like a black cat. Or a gingerbread house and she eats little fat German children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super chill legend. Super chill legend. <laughs> Child abandonment and everything. It's that... <laughs> And then they turned it into that thing with Jeremy Renner where it's like him and his sister, like, they, like, fight witches in the (laughs) world. And, like, he's got diabetes, but they could call that, like, the sugar sickness sickness or something. Which Claire Fraser figures out. Okay, this is such a a segue, but in Outlander... (laughs) Claire Fraser like drinks someone's pee to figure out that you apparently you yes can, yeah. no if because yeah if you have like um if you have it you actually start leaking like um sugar in your pee so it's like I didn't sweet. know it's, that it's until, weird uh TV taught it to me so anyway <laughs> old school medicine Woo-hoo. um so that's what a witch generally is at least in our brain and especially in the Halloween sort of industry that's what you're what you're gonna get you know um but medieval society which we sort of generally get this crazy concept of the witch from, um, feared dark magic for literally centuries. Uh, and churchmen were very experienced in going out and warning the people, uh, the general population, about the perils of engaging with the devil. Um, and this sort of conversation ended up lending itself to the formation of like a formal theory of witchcraft um, and identifying witches uh, and I guess helped to create the image that we have today. Um, and I have a really cool historical document for y'all that I wanted to bring to the table. It's this pamphlet about uh, real witchcraft accusations and findings that is dated to 1579. Um, and this belongs to the British Library. Uh, The pamphlet gives this account of the doings of a woman named Elizabeth Stile, who is a 65-year-old Windsor woman accused of witchcraft, and three other women, mothers uh, Ditton, Duell, and Margaret. Um, And this is based on Stile's confession in jail. Um, This is very medieval, so I could do an accent, but I'm not. I'm going to read it as is for uh, the sake of your understanding. So the transcript goes like this. And first concerning those persons that practice the damnable art of witchcraft, sorcery, or enchantment of their own certain knowledge and voluntary motion, she, that is Elizabeth Stiles, uttered to this effect following... That after one father, Rosamond, dwelling in Farham Parish, being a widower and also a daughter of his, are both witches or enchanters, which, she said, Rosamond, hath can transform himself by devilish means into the shape and likeness of any beast whatsoever he will. So basically this woman, Elizabeth Stiles, has been like, to my knowledge, is an accusation of witchcraft. Um, and is basically saying that this Father Rosamond has the ability to turn himself into any beast in the world. Um, so, like, it's it's a it's like ye be a witch if if yeah. So ye ye be a witch <laughs> if thou cannot turn into a 
sort of wolf or some shit. I don't know. Um, they basically what I <laughs> shape shifted into it. Thou out a dog. Um, my knowledge is that basically. Woof, woof. <laughs> So what's happened is some guy is is just a dick and this woman's been like, well, they're going to kill me. So I got to do something about it. And I guess I'm going to accuse him of uh, turning into some sort of uh, wolf. Um, so there's a second item in this very long sort of transcribed thing. Right. So item two, that one mother Dutton dwelling within one Doskins in Clearwolf Parish can tell everyone's message, fortune of fate. Alone as she sees them approach near to the place of her abode, and further, she keeps a spirit or fiend in the likeness of a toad, and feeds the same fiend, living in a border of green herbs within her garden with blood, which she causes to flow from her own flank. So basically, um, this this accusation is on a woman who lives in uh, Clearworth Parish. Apparently, she knows how to predict everyone's fortune or fate as long as she sees them ap- uh, approach the proximity of her house and apparently she keeps a spirit uh which is taken the uh, shape of a toad in a border of herbs in her garden um and to keep it alive she feeds it blood from her own flank which i think is basically saying she feeds it from one of her like witch teats that generally is on her leg i imagine so, like is her leg would Widget be feeding her familiar and yeah. I mean flank for me kind of sounds like butt so what oh. like butt blood butt blood <laughs> Jesus Christ oh. just like <laughs> Jesus suck on this <laughs> suck on this butt blood yuck um so yeah new meaning to eat ass <laughs> oh my god oh my sorry god. the churchmen gasp in shock so I don't know what's up with me today I'm feeling very uh um that happened maybe it's the 5g um okay so the 5g is interfering with the brain but that's fine um and there's a third item okay so this last one is that one mother devil dwelling near the pond in windsor aforesaid being a very poor woman hath a spirit in the shape of a black cat and calls it gile whereby she is aided in her witchcraft and she daily feeds it with the milk mingled with her own blood so again this is another accusation uh at Mother Devel, who owns a black cat, which she feeds with blood. So these are real, real accusations. And the pamphlet is technically, I believe, a um, is a legal document by the, the standards mm-hmm. of this year. So it's 15 to 76. They're like, you know what? I've got to print this crazy witchcraft accusation into a pamphlet. Um, there's this like a woman. So it's almost like court notes, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's literal court notes. So that is a real thing that exists about real people. Oh, sorry, the word you think transcript. That's it. Yeah, it's a transcript. That's it. That's the freaking word. Um, so these people were really accused of this stuff, um, and I imagine they probably died because of it. And I wanted to read this little piece from the British Library website, which I pr- think provides a pretty interesting point. So. Inconsistencies in the evidence show us that even pamphlets pamphlets based on legal transcripts such as this one can't be simply accepted as presenting objective fact. They can, however, shed light on the attitudes towards an understanding of witches and witchcraft in Shakespeare's day and so provide a context for interpreting the witches in Macbeth or Caliban's mother uh, and The Tempest. So it's really interesting because... 
It allows us to sort of understand attitudes of the day and through reading the literature of the day, which often reflected um, real life, you know, like these people being accused of witchcraft, we can we can mm. start to like make, I guess, guesses at what life might have been like um, and and understanding what kind of fears and uh, real emotions drove so many people to such extreme measures of violence in that, you know, violence being like executing innocent people um, based on accusations of suckling a toad from your butt, uh, <laughs> which is a pretty <laughs> fucking crazy accusation to make. Uh, I mean, you've got to you've got to kind of like sit there and what, like kind of be baffled in a way as well, because like, what are the what are these ye old English fuckers medieval smoking? <laughs> like, yeah. I think nowadays if I saw a woman like suckling a toad, I'd be like shit i need to lie off the shrooms <laughs> that or i'd be like not, not huh, that it, not <laughs> that woman is a really close relationship with her frog but i wouldn't immediately be like she's trying to kill us all and curse us exactly you know what i mean <laughs> um anyway so i think that that comment about using these historical documents to understand like the emotionality of these people that were really real they were real people and understanding what drove them and their fears and stuff is super interesting so i'm gonna talk a little bit about my favorite w uh, witch of the written world because that's where i feel like the best witches live <laughs> is in books um and uh, this is my favorite so cersei is i would consider cersei an expression of a witch a lot of people including Homer and Homer's Odyssey refer to her as a goddess, but I think there are a lot of similarities between goddesses and witches, um, and she's incredibly witch-like. So I'm going to give you a basic rundown of sort of Circe's part in Homer's Odyssey. Um, you've probably heard of her before, but if you haven't, the basics are that Circe uh, lives or lived on the island of Aea, which I'm still convinced I'm saying wrong, even though I looked up the pronunciation. So she had this um, sister named Aetis, and her parents were the sun god uh, Helios that shines down on mortals, and the, her mother was Perse, who was the daughter of the ocean. Um, and in Homer's Odyssey, the Greek carrier Odysseus visits her island with his companions, and Circe basically does a bunch of like really witchy sus stuff. She enchants wolves and mountain lions. She feeds the group of men drugs, <laughs> which she uh, serves to them in cheese, grain, and pale honey, along with wine. Um, and then once they're all drugged up uh, and have basically forgotten or begun to forgotten their homeland, she changes them into pigs uh, with the minds of men. So <laughs> she changes them into swine, right? Which is a perfect example of transfiguration, right? We've seen transfiguration and stuff like Harry Potter. And um, I'm Vic's going to talk a little bit more about sort of uh, what you will see when you, when you look at what a witch does um, or is rumored to do. So, Transfiguration is definitely one of those things. And so she transfigures these men into pigs. Um, and eventually she's thwarted by Odysseus, who resists her magic. Um, and he does this with the help of the god Hermes. And Circe then invites Odysseus into her bed, bathes him, feeds him, and then releases his men from the spell that she casts on them. Um, she also helps with necromancy or, or uh, gives Odysseus the tools um, to be able to complete necromancy um, and she basically does just like a lot of enchantressy stuff and the portrayal of Circe in Homer's Odyssey is actually the first sort of or longest living example I believe of a witch within Greek literature 
And there's actually been like a reimagining of Circe um, in the popular book, Circe by Madeline Miller. And Madeline Miller is quoted as saying, Circe is the first literary witch, which I think is so cool. Um, in part because she has a wand and familiars and great skill with potions. So there you go. There are some things that a witch might be seen to have, right? Um, and I think it's really interesting to look at the way that reactions to magic have changed and evolved in different places. And you can do this through um, a lot. You can do this through looking at historical sources specifically. Um, and it's super interesting to see how fears shift. So if you compare the fear that we see in medieval Europe, right, to a much earlier time of like the first to second century AD and somewhere like Greece, you see a totally different attitude towards magic. Um, and obviously this is to do, to do with the differences in re uh, regions, religions, faith, the time, of course, connections like the Greeks and the Egyptians sort of had, had connected and you see a lot of um, Egyptian magic implemented in Greek uh, tradition and stuff as well. And the Greeks and Egyptians had a society that worked with a pantheon of gods, so multiple, um, and didn't have that singular focus on like one, one god like the Christian church did, right? So instead, religion and magic were sort of intertwined in a lot of ways. Um, and the best example, in my opinion, are things called curse tablets. Um, we're getting into Victoria's territory. She loves a hex. <laughs> She, okay. she loves to she loves to hex uh, a person or two. Um, hey, I've, I only did a I only did a return to sender, which is just a karma thing. Yeah, well, you would have fit it's, it's right just... in with the with the Greeks. I'll tell you that much. Um, so I, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about curse tablets before we get onto some Please of the. Don't come for me and, and make me a mistake. I, I like living. Um, I, I freaking can't. I can't. I'm so. I just say nice things to Vic because one day I'm scared I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have been cursed by her. Um, Never. <laughs> so uh, curse tablets, which I am obsessed with, y'all. I'm so obsessed with these. It's insane. It's like getting an insight into the brain of people who just lived so long ago. Like you actually get to see what drove them and what emotions they actually felt. Uh, basically, curse tablets were these like tablets that were made from lead and they were inscribed with a bunch of different elements really. Um, they were rolled up and then usually nailed through with an iron nail. And curse tablets were deposited in a lot of places, graves um, and wells. And this was done usually to get the attention of underworld gods and goddesses and also sort of sometimes to attract the attention of vengeful spirits that might um, help the maker of the curse tablet to instill extra pain and suffering on the person that they intended to curse with the tablet. So for example, if you wanted uh, someone to have a shitty life and die young and never be fulfilled and you were making a curse tablet, sometimes you would put that curse tablet in the grave of someone who died young and had a shitty time and never lived a fulfilled life, right? Makes sense. These curse tablets were usually made to ask the gods, um, you know, place spirits or the deceased to perform an action on a person or an object or otherwise compel the subject of the curse. And I'm going to read you one really quickly. Um, so this one has images inscribed on it too. There's a winged figure um, and also a couple of small symbols. Um, and these symbols were often seen to add power to the tablet, um, along with sometimes they would use sort of like jumbled letters 
but they were supposed to be the the language of the gods the goddesses or like a sort of like a sacred language i guess that only the gods or goddesses could understand um and it would look like someone for example wrote um had like a cat and their cat just stepped all over their keyboard and and basically there were a bunch of jumbled letters um and those jumbled letters would generally be like a sacred language that nobody else could sort of interpret aside from the gods. Um, insane. You can Google it and look up pictures of this kind of stuff. It's all over It's all over the internet. So I'm going to read you this one. This one is from Athens, was found in a well in around the first century AD. So this is it. I register and hand over to Pluto and to the fates and to Persephone and to the Furies and to every harmful being. I hand them over to Hecate, eater of what has been demanded by the gods. I hand over to the goddesses and gods of the underworld and to Hermes the helper. I transfer the thieves who stole from the little house in the quarter street um, called Echelu, who stole chain, three spreads, one woolen, white new, gum, Arabic, tools, white piles of dirt, linseed oil, and three white objects, mastic pepper, and bitter almonds. I hand over those who know about the theft and deny it. I hand over I hand over all of them who have received what is contained in this de- deposition. Lady Hecate of the Heavens, Hecate of the Underworld, Hecate of the Crossroads, Hecate of the Triple Face, Hecate of the Single Face, cut out the hearts of the thieves or thief who took the items contained in this deposition, and let the earth not be walkable, the sea not saleable, let there be no enjoyment of life, no increase of children, uh, but may utter destruction visit them or him, as inspector you will wield upon them the bronze sickle and you will cut them out. So that's the curse, which is just real chill. Um, Fuck. Really relaxed. <laughs> you can tell that they're very angry about their goods being stolen. Um, and what this person, yeah. yeah, what this person has done is consecrate the goods. So the stuff that's been stolen, they've made that stuff the re- the responsibility of the gods, right? And people often did this so that the gods would feel as if these things had been stolen from them themselves, which would make them more vengeful. Hopefully, the curse would expect them to be pretty vengeful. Um, so when they say I register and hand over to Pluto and the fates and Persephone and the Furies and every harmful being, um, basically they're saying, hey, all this stuff that got stolen, it's actually yours now. I'm giving it to you. But just so you know, some guy down the road stole it all. (laughs) And yeah, like go fuck him up. He stole your shit. Yeah. And so it was just kind of a cheeky way to make sure that they got, um, revenge. They're just desserts. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So. I know and the curse tablets were really common and they were kind of done for a lot of different things Uh, there's examples of people sort of depositing curse tablets at the place where horse races or I think chariot races were undertaken Um, and they were done in a style that tried to bind something so to bind something is to do exactly what it sounds like uh, to stop them from you know moving on or winning or achieving something so for example, a guy's got a horse race coming up and his competitor has a really good horse. He's like, damn, I'm probably going to lose all my money. So what I'm going to do... Just going to casually yeah, fix the race. I'm going <laughs> to fix it and put a little sneaky curse tablet in there and I'm going to bind that guy's really good horse so that he can't win. Um, and so that kind of stuff was it was kind of interwoven. Um, and they had sort of these uh, 
practitioners that might be able to make the cursed tablet for a person. Um, and it's really crazy how long magic has sort of been around and how many of these like ancient societies had magic ingrained into their daily lives and how it's kind of shifted and morphed over time because that's very different, right? Like when you picture someone in first or second century AD Greece making a cursed tablet because I don't know, their betrothed left them for another person um, and they want to bind them so they'll never find love again. It's And, and everybody sort of looks on and they, they acknowledge that this kind of stuff is done on a daily basis or whatever. It's so different when you look at the medieval period and how, um, if you think about the way that people were persecuted, it's just insane how people weren't really persecuted yeah, for cursed it's very tablets. Like yeah, far fetched. It's just like, yo, it's all good. Let's say like, praise Dionysus and person <laughs> fuckers, and then it's just like, yo, you're a witch. I'm gonna burn, burn you. You've got a single <laughs> freckle on your shoulder. It's like a totally different world yeah it's like you have that one weird mole on your butt cheek you are a witch yeah literally it's like <laughs> so do you mate you've got a wart on your nose and i ain't saying anything but it's because you're like a learned older white guy like <laughs> off of oh the church God, of course yeah <laughs> so bullshit Goddamn white guy in the church yeah it's oh <laughs> ruining all the fun <laughs> oh jesus but yeah i find i find the way in which especially societies that had like pantheons for god like pantheons of gods and the way that they were way more uh, sort of accepting of other people's beliefs to an extent, like the way they kind of incorporated their own beliefs. I mean, like with the the Vikings, it said that they sort of kept believe, believing in their gods and their um, cultural and ancestral beliefs. But then when Christianity came, they sort of just took it on board and made it a part of their already established belief systems, you know? And that's kind mm -hmm. of, I feel like, what... Uh, has happened until you get the Christian church and then the Christian church even attacks itself. Like the, the Protestants attacking um, the Catholics and stuff in the end of the 16th century. It's yeah, like, so on and so forth. Yeah. It's just like, you guys have the same God. No, different God. No. It's so religion. It's, like, it's a hefty topic. It's like, but like, like you cousins then it's like, no, 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 no. It's just like, <laughs> like different. It's like, are you sure? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I find it so hilarious, oh, like, when I'm on TikTok and I see, like, witch talk, which is a total thing. Like, there's a thing, for those of you who don't know, there's a there's a whole subject, subsection of witch talk, which is just, you know, people who believe. It's just fun to watch. Yeah, yeah there's, like, definitely a whole bunch of, I mean, it's just, yeah, there's different forms of things. It's it's, it's very entertaining yeah. um, and insightful. But, yeah, the, some of the comments is just, like, you need Jesus. Yeah, it's like, then, I, wait, you're a Catholic? I'm praying for you, and it's like... Cool, thank you. I'll pray for you too. I'm gonna go dance around a fire naked. This would be. I love I love it when some someone who's like Catholic is like you believe in the devil and like what you're doing is like it's it's ritualistic and it's bad and it's like y'all really y'all try to turn the body of like a piece of bread into the literal body of Christ. Yeah, y'all drinking the blood and and eating the body of your Savior. I think that like, is a ritual, what? my guy. Like I, I hate for you to <laughs> I, I hate for you to sorry yeah, sorry what someone throwing stones in a glass house what <laughs> i love it hypocrite says what <laughs> everybody just everybody's beliefs you know we should just respect people how about that how about you just respect in, people in the words of auntie jacinda just be kind yeah fucking a simple 
Or unfortunately, we will be making a lead curse tablet and depositing it in some sort of Grecian well. So just get prepared. <laughs> um, you do you, boo. <laughs> uh, so that uh, concludes the historical um, and source sort of heavy part of this witch thing. All of that kind of stuff, you can just go and use that in a, in a book report. Now we're getting into the fun story part. Um, and I'm excited for you to take it away, Vic. Well, I'll I'll try I'll try to be fun. I mean, some of this is kind of touching on what you said earlier, um, but yeah. So basically, like all the stuff that I've kind of researched, um, yeah, like early Christians perceived witches to be you know evil beings, thus inspiring um, today's iconic Halloween figure. Mm-hmm. We love that. Um, though early witches, uh, yes, they practice witchcraft, you know, using magic spells and calling upon the spirits um, for help and, you know, to bring about change. Um, but most of these people were just natural healers or wise women um, whose professions were gravely misunderstood. Um, and again, uh, you know, it's just kind of touching on some of Brits's stuff. Um, it is kind of unclear when witches um, exactly came into existence, um, but some of the earliest records, uh, other than Greek, um, come from the Bible as well. Um being the uh, book of Samuel, and um, it is thought to be uh, written between, I think, 930 BC and 720 BC. Honestly, even though I did classics, I still don't understand BC, but it's like you're moving, it looks like you're moving back in time, but you're actually moving forward. Mm. It's really fucking weird. Anyway, <laughs> that's my take on history. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I was taking a history class and I was like, "How the f- I've got to figure out how to do the math about the centuries. Yeah, like- it's like Socrates was like born in this time and then he died in this time. It's like, wait, what? That makes no sense. Like, you're going back. <laughs> yeah, it's math, bud. Someone out there just do the math for us. We don't want to do the math. That's the uh, hard part. Um, witch hysteria really took over Europe during the mid-1400s when many accused witches confess um, often under torture and to a variety of wicked behaviors. So these poor women, um, and obviously in some cases men, were tortured to get these confessions. Obviously, more often than not, not true, but obviously someone under pain will say anything. Um, we've learnt that. <laughs> uh, within a century, though, the witch hunts were pretty common and most of the accused were executed by burning at the stake or hanging. Uh, a lot of single women, widows, and other women on the margins of society were especially targeted. Um, what we do know is that between the years 1500 and 1660, up to at least 80,000 suspected witches were put to death in Europe. And the majority of them were women thought to be in cahoots with the devil and filled with lust. So, guts for y'all. <laughs> L- lust is such like a, um, it's a, such an interesting thing that they always... Yeah, it's you like, know, it's like you'll, a demonized... you'll be getting frisky. You're a sinner. Yeah. It's just like I'm human. <laughs> Demonizing sexuality is so interesting. Like when you look at a oh, mm, churchman. Yeah, yeah. That's, a ho- that's a whole other friggin' topic. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. During that time, a publication called the Malus Malficarum, written by two well-respected German Dominicans in eighty, sorry, in fourteen eighty-six, um, whose manuscript actually probably was like the spur of witch mania and probably what made it go viral. Um. So this book was essentially a guide on how to identify and hunt and interrogate witches. The manuscript uh, labeled witchcraft as heresy and quickly became the authority 
for Protestants and Catholics trying to flush out witches living amongst them. Mm. As witch hysteria decreased in Europe, um, it did end up growing in the New World, which was still reeling from wars between the French and the British, uh, smallpox epidemic, ongoing fear and attacks from neighboring Native American tribes. Like, oh, shit was pretty much going loose in the New World. Um, But obviously, the best-known witch trials took place in Salem. I'm pretty sure everyone knows about Salem. Mm -hmm. Um, In 19... Fuck, I still get these wrong. In 1692. Bear with me, guys. It's the 5G. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god oh, Jesus. <laughs> when nine-year-old elizabeth paris and 11-year-old abigail williams began suffering from fits body contortions and uncontrolled screams um today it is believed though that these poor girls suffered uh poisoning by a fungus that caused these spasms and delusions but as more young women began exhibiting these symptoms, mass hysteria ensued and three women were accused of witchcraft. Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tichaba. Unfortunately, it's not really known what Tichaba's last name was, but she was an enslaved woman owned by the uh, Paris family. So Tichaba confessed to being a witch and began accusing others of using black magic. On the 10th of June, Bridget Bishop became the first accused witch to be put to death during the Salem witch trials when she was hanged at the Salem gallows. Ultimately, around 150 people were accused and 18 people were put to death. Women weren't the only victims, obviously I mentioned. Um, There were six men that were accused and executed uh, in the Salem witch trials. Though Massachusetts wasn't the first of the 13 colonies obsessed with witches. In Windsor, Connecticut in 1647, Isles Young was the first person in America to be executed for witchcraft. Before Connecticut's final witch trial took place in 1697, 46 people were accused of witchcraft um, in that state and 11 were put to death for the crime. So Salem is definitely one of the most famous stories surrounding witches. Uh, But I have come across some other tales from around the place about other witches and just people who have suffered at the hand of witchcraft. Let's go. So let's dive right in. So the first one is the legend of Molly Dyer. So she was no more witch than those unfortunate souls sentenced to death in Salem. But unfortunately, fear is a terrible thing. So the tale of Molly Dyer is one of Southern Maryland's most enduring legends. Just south of Leonardtown, a stream meanders round Route Number 5, with hills to the west and modern homes scattered around it. This was the colonial home of Molly Dyer, whose story first came to light in the late 19th century. So the crux of the legend followed a bitter storm of plummeting temperatures, winter blizzard of such fury that cattle and sheep pretty much froze in the fields i mean that gives a whole new meaning to like from farm to table oh jesus <laughs> no it's like that's some fresh that's, we're keeping it fresh <laughs> oh gosh no need for freezers no. um so to the townspeople stricken and desperate the witch in the woods molly dyer was at the heart of the ales and they were determined to make it right so, after much deliberation, which was probably five white men going, let's get That it. looks like a witch, um, is what they did. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a witch, basically. <laughs> um, they lit torches and surrounded her shack and set her humble abode on fire. 
The terrified woman fled the surrounding... Oh, sorry. The terrified woman fled to the surrounding woodlands by her house and the townspeople returned to their homes satisfied, assuming they'd ridden themselves of the person responsible for all their troubles. No more was heard from her for several days. Obviously, they assume she's dead. Um, until a young boy searching for lost cattle in the snow came across her frozen body. Kneeling on a rock, one arm stretched to the heavens as if cursing her tormentors. Families living in the area reported that fields planted in the years after her passing remained uncharacteristically barren. Rumours of her ghost wandering through the land where her death occurred began surfacing in the later years. Always, the legend insisted her spirit would be seen on the coldest nights of winter. God. So there's actually um, the stone that she has, uh, she was discovered on actually still exists to this day. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it was moved, I think, into the town centre uh, near the, I think, the city hall or something. I'll double check that. But I'll put a picture up um, with the uh, Instagram post so you guys can see. But, yeah, apparently the legend is that there's still, like, a handprint in it from where no. she was kneeling. Yeah, I know. Creepy, eh? Um, so, yeah, that's that's still around. Um, so, yeah, definitely give that a Google. It is very creepy to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and our next story is about a person that got cursed by a witch for a little while. Oh, I love this. Go. So... This is the story of old Aunt Kate, the mountain witch. This story was told by my Mima many times when I was growing up. Mima grew up in a little spot on the map in rural Mingo County, West Virginia, named Nolan. Woohoo! Um, the family was dirt poor and Mima and her brothers and sisters often went hungry. The family's only close neighbor was an old lady that everyone referred to as Aunt Kate. The old woman lived alone and had what I assumed was cataracts because Mima said her eyes were white. Mm. Aunt Kate's husband was serving time in the state penitentiary at Moundsville for murder. Anyway, due to their near constant need for food, Mima's dad planted a vegetable garden. The plot of land that they used was a good piece from an old home um, place where they lived. Mima said uh, this one particular summer was very hot and that the copperhead snakes were abnormally active. And because Mima loved her daddy so much, she retorted that she would follow him everywhere to protect him. On this particular day, my great-grandfather and my Mima pushed the large wooden cart to the garden to collect some of the vegetables that were ready to eat. Mima said that due to the heat... And the difficulty of pushing the large wooden cart to and from the garden spot, the two of them were worn out. As they neared the home, they had to go past Aunt Kate's home. Sorry. As they neared their house, they had to go past Aunt Kate's abode. And as luck would have it, the old woman was sitting out on her porch as they wheeled the cart by. As the two nearly pushed the cart by without incident, they heard the old woman holler out, Harrison, give me some of those beans. Due to the difficulty that it took to raise, pick, and transport these vegetables, my great-grandfather replied, We worked hard for these beans. I'm not going to give any of them away. The old woman giggled and replied, Well, you will wish you did. Thinking nothing of the old woman's threat, 
My Mima and her daddy continued their journey and carried on the evening without thinking about the old woman and what she said. That night, everyone went to bed. My Mima, one of six or seven siblings, shared a bed. Oftentimes, the older siblings would force the younger ones to the floor to sleep. So, this particular night, as most, Mima was on the floor. My Mima said that as she began to fall asleep, she heard it. Something began towards her room from the hallway. Now, my Mima knew the sound of her mother and father as they made their way and moving within the house, the old slat board house. Because of this, she immediately used what cover she had to pull over her head and hide. According to her, whatever was walking continued through the hallway and into her room and would stop where her head was laying on the floor, covered up. It would then turn after a few seconds and continue back down the hall, where it would disappear, only to return back down the hallway where she lay. Mima said this happened all night long. She told me that she lay there paralysed with fear all night long, and as the sun rose, whatever was walking disappeared and she heard her daddy moving around. She stated that she immediately jumped up and ran to where her father was. Mima said that as she entered her dad's room, he was putting on his shoes and when he saw her, the two locked eyes and she immediately knew where the thing was going when it left her room. When her daddy had finished putting his shoes on, he immediately went to put a bunch of green beans in a poke and headed out the door towards old Aunt Kate's house. Mima followed after him. As they approached the old woman's house, they noticed that she was sitting out on her porch as if waiting on something or someone. Mima said that her daddy tossed the beans up onto the porch and proclaimed, Old woman, take your booger back. To which the old lady smiled and said, Don't worry, Harrison, it won't bother you again. I was raised by my Mima and watched her life as an example. She was a devout Christian and lived it. She never swore, she never drank, she never did anything that she thought might be a sin. I was made to go to church nearly every time the doors were open. She always claimed that the story of old Aunt Kate was the truth, and I believe her. Dun, dun, dun. Damn, that's spoopy, man. That's some spoopy shit. That's spoopy as hell. I feel like Mega it's so interesting how a lot of, like, this magic is just like magic is so uh there's a lot of associations with like witchcraft and women which is and yeah. a lot of this magic happening to and around women which if you look at like the the old medieval days generally the people with the most power were men which meant that generally um men read and wrote more were literate in more cases and to do all of this kind of fancy spell work and to incite sort of demons and all that kind of shit, one probably needs to know Latin and be able to read and write, right? So, oh yeah, for sure. It's like, why all this association with women? What is your answer? Do you think, Tor? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. I just, I mean, we are quite magical beings. No. <laughs> I mean, we do create life. So I was gonna say, it sounds probably. like jealousy to me. It's I mean for sure jealousy like we we create babies like I could pop a kid out and get back to work like snip snap I don't know if you could see my hand doing like the yeah 
the snap, the snip but, snap. Yeah. it's serving it's yeah. serving men um in ye olde days uh being really insecure and wanting to basically keep women in line i would say oh fun fact did you know that heels back in the day you know like in 18th century yeah. um even older so heels were actually a guy's thing love that for them <laughs> And then girls jumped onto that bandwagon because they thought they were cool. And then all of a sudden, guys are like, oh, heels aren't cool anymore because girls are wearing them. <laughs> it's that we just do everything generally better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I rock a pair of heels. I can't walk well in them. I trip over. But hey, if I'm standing still. Yeah. If I'm standing shit. still and there's no wind blowing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, that what was that was a lot of stuff and a bit a little bit of insight into some witchy things. Yeah, hopefully you can digest that all, guys. Oh god, um, I don't know if I know. can at this stage. <laughs> oh god, I need I need to go lie down. The five G is kicking in, and I am feeling too much. Yeah, you do that. You do that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for hanging out. We appreciate it. Check yeah. us out on Instagram at shit that scares us. Um, just just a just a last minute thought. Mm-hmm. Just while I remember. Yep. Um, obviously, uh, voting will have closed by the time you guys listen to this podcast. It closes on the 30th of September, unfortunately. Guts. Um, but thank you to everyone who did uh, vote and put their, I guess, choice forward. Um, hopefully, we win some stuff. I'm still waiting to hear back. Mm-hmm. I actually need to check our email um, today yeah. and see if we've gotten a follow-up to see what But, the but regardless, but, um, like, that's so cool of you to have voted. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, everyone. Send positive vibes. <laughs> uh, no, no curse tablets to bind us to not winning. Would appreciate if you just stayed away from yeah, that. Yeah, no, that would suck. Don't, don't be a bum. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much, y'all, and we will see you next time. I guess. Have a good one. Bye. Stay safe. Bye.